This call is being recorded. Good morning, everybody. Happy Friday. Sorry about that. I keep getting kicked off. Um, this is Moses. Today's Men's Day. Just want to welcome everybody. Yours and your. Good morning. It's Deborah Evans. Morning, Deborah. Good morning. Hey y'all, it's the Smiths. Good morning. Good morning, Smith family. Good morning. Happy Friday, it's Nikisha. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. It's Deidre. Happy Friday. Morning, Deidre. Happy Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. Everybody's been having a good week. Give us a couple more minutes here for everybody to just tune in. We got a great one for you guys today. I'm so excited for the message today. I'm ex I'm so excited for the service today. Good morning, this is Rita. Good morning. Good morning, this is Catherine. Good morning. Good morning, this is Mona. Good morning, Mona. Good Happy morning. Friday. Happy Friday. We are there. We made it, you guys. It is Friday. Good morning. Made it. This is Michelle. Good morning, Michelle. Exciting, exciting message today. Our message, Pastor Van Hook's bringing the message. It is no condemnation as the title of today's message. I'm so excited for that. Sorry, Friday Night Live title is no uh I'm sorry, I'm getting all my info right. I'm getting my script downloaded to me right now. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Anybody else calling that wants to say hello, wants to say good morning, introduce yourself. My bad. Pastor Van Hook is teaching on forgiveness today. Today is the final day of the sermon series. All right. 
Let's do it. So today is Friday. It's men's day. It is time to get the call going. Before we move forward, we just want to ask that you mute your line so that we can proceed. My name is Moses, and I'm your host for today. Thank you for joining us here on Declare Victory. We are a prayer call. We meet Monday through Saturday, every day, 6 a.m. Pacific Standard Time to edify, empower, encourage, and equip you in your walk with Christ. Please feel free to invite a friend so they can be blessed too. Today is Men's Day, like I mentioned earlier, where only men are scheduled in the lineup to bless you. We hope that you can continue to journey with us through the month of June as there's some great things in store for you. We've been having an empowerment series on topic teachings. You don't want to miss the, the different teachings that we have prepared for you. And there's two announcements today. There, there will be no Friday Night Live tonight. It's going to resume next week. And no, second... No. Oh, there is Friday Night Live. I'm sorry. Friday Night Live is no condemnation. Sorry about that. Second, if you have been blessed by the call and you would like to sow into it, please visit declarevictory.org or paypal.me, Declare Victory. We pray many blessings by our Heavenly Father be returned to you by your giving and trusting in Him. And the prayer requests are submitted via the app. I don't believe we have any prayer requests on the app. And I was kicked out earlier, so I didn't catch any. So if anybody wants to uh, pass those forward, I would appreciate that. And the order of the call is as follows. The declaration will be by Pastor Van Hook, and praying corporate praise will be done by Brother Jeff. Then we're going to get right into closing comments, hosted by the declarer, Pastor Van Hook. So at this time, we ask you to put your phones on mute until instructed to come off mute, as I now pass the call to the declarer. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much, Brother Moses, for uh, your diligence to help us move the call along. And I'm so excited about this opportunity to share one last uh, go round with this um, phenomenal uh, topic that will transform our lives of forgiveness. God's solution to the problem that he calls sin. There's so many things I want to share today. Again, thank you, thank you, thank you to all of those who made this possible. Uh, I'm just so excited about the opportunity to be a part of such a great move of God. Um, I really want to uh, give my disclaimers again, and that is I'm not really interested in uh, um, being an entertainer. Uh, an entertainer, uh, you pay to see somebody entertain and they entertain you and you walk out and you say, ooh, I had a good time, I enjoyed that person. Uh, the gospel is like a two-edged sword. It either, uh, it cuts both ways and it will either draw you or drive you away. And so I'm so excited about that opportunity that we have uh, in this moment this morning. I want to um, pray and then ask God's blessings upon what we are trying to get done on today and then go right to the work at hand. This is the heavy lifting piece. Um, Lord, in the name of Jesus, again, we thank you for the privilege that we have to be in your presence. We know it's not, not by power nor by might, but it's by your spirit, says the Lord of hosts. And we ask now that you would grant us what we need for such a time as this. Lord, we thank you for allowing us to share in the art of forgiveness for those who are 
uh, connected to this call. And we pray that something is said or done that will be transformative in their sight. So, Lord, we ask that you would hear our prayer on today. Give us the receptacles that we need for such a time as this that we might be able to walk worthy of the vocation in which you are calling. Lord, would you hear our prayer on today? Hear our prayer on today. In the name of Jesus, we pray and ask it all. Amen. Um, I want to go directly to the um, matter at hand. We've been on a, an amazing journey. Uh, we started off um, this by saying uh, clearly, time does not heal all wounds only. Forgiveness does, because forgiveness is the key, is the solution to the problem that we call sin. God gives that solution. And so I don't have a whole bunch of time today to give you the backdrop for those of you who are new to the call, we ask that you tune in. By the way, I think um, the second Wednesday in um, the month of August, we will um, start the forgiveness series on Wednesday nights at the Community Church in West Oakland, 1527 34th Street at 6.30. I could not afford to end this call without having a date whereby people could do this work. This is the most critical work that one can do. And if we follow this work, um, I, I believe that uh, God will be pleasing and give us the best life that we would need. And so I think that's the um, second Wednesday of the, and that's close to the 14th, I believe. And hey, so, uh, yes. Really quick, if you can, will you please, sir, adjust your phone? It's a, a um, pop back. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. All right. Let me make adjustments here. Thank you. Thank you so much. Can you hear me a little better now? That's much better. Thank you. All right. Let me uh, see if I can do something a little bit different here. All righty. All right. Can you hear me a little bit better now? Testing one, two. All right, here we go. All right. Um, so uh, on the on the um, the next month, the, uh, the in the month of August, we will actually start a forgiveness series. Actually, on the fourteenth of that month, um, and so we want to make sure that people can actually get the essence of this call. Uh, let me go into what I want to do today for the work. We first started off this series by talking about the difference. And the difference is what God intended versus what sin has caused. And sometimes we get that confused because we want what God intended to not be marred 
by what sin has caused. And, and so we, 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 we have a problem and it's very contradictory when you have to deal with what you know God is saying, but also what sin is causing in your life that will create some uh, turbulence. So here it is, real simple. All sin is damage to your soul. All sin is damage to your soul. And you cannot reach your soul because you don't have the capacity to get there. And can you imagine, again, people who you see, who you walk around with, um, they're broken because of what sin has caused as opposed to what God has intended. How we've been able to survive um, because we can't reach the soul, uh, the best we can do is do things that help us to cope with our situations. We make adjustments. We, 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 some of us, you know, we overeat. We cope with the sin uh, and what it has caused. Some of us gamble. Some of us um, um, or, or, or sex um sex fiends some 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 of us are drug users some of us are alcohol abusers so there's all kind of things and whatever it is that you do to to cope with your sin as opposed to deal with your sin you will constantly be coping with your issues and so what we want to do is put you on the path of forgiveness now there's always three paths of forgiveness. Here they are. They must be operated in this order. The first path of forgiveness is to receive God's forgiveness. You must receive God's forgiveness first. What do I mean by that? I'm so glad you asked. Think about the issues that you have. How many times, and you ought to just take the time and write down, how many times a day have you sinned against God? You uh, did what you wanted to do as opposed to what God instructed you to do or desired for you to do. That's number one. If you can receive God's forgiveness, not forgive yourself, because when we forgive ourselves, we have a phenomenal way of forgetting the sins we've committed. So, so, so we have to not forgive ourselves. We have to receive what God has already done for us. Secondly, you must release others. You have to forgive others. This principle is in the Matthew rendition of the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our trespasses only as we forgive those who trespass against us. Um, we have to forgive in order to be forgiven. And if you don't forgive, you cannot be forgiven. And somebody said, well, you don't know what he done to me. You don't know how he treated me. You don't know how she left me for dead. But the Bible says, if you give forgiveness, you will receive forgiveness. And then thirdly, because we are creatures of habit and creatures of nature, we automatically know. And, and this is so amazing to me. If you were sinned against, you start trying to cope and survive. And by default, you'd never guess what you're doing. 
you are sinning against others. If I had time today, I would talk about, you know, we sinned against our children, we sinned against our job, we sinned against our family members. Um, I, I know they've done something wrong to you, but because you're trying to protect yourself, you automatically sin against others. And so that's the reason why you have to find people you've sinned against and make sure that you ask them for forgiveness. Um, I want to make sure that I give some definitions and then so that I can get to my work. Number one, the, the definition of sin. The definition of sin is the self-determining willingness to sacrifice any and everybody for the well-being of one's self. That's what sin has caused. The opposite of sin is not, um, uh, I mean, the opposite of, of uh, yeah, sin is, 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 is love. The opposite of sin is love. Love, the definition of love, by definition, based upon the, the writer in the book, love is the self-determining unhinderable willingness to sacrifice yourself for the well-being of somebody else. So in a relationship, when people are not loving you, when they're not sacrificing themselves for you, they're sinning against you. And that have, you have to be real clear about with, with that. Um, Thirdly, I want to talk about the definition of personal forgiveness versus relational forgiveness. Uh, before I do that, I want to just talk about the two-sided coin. There is the penalty of sin and the consequences of sin, or the penalty of love and the consequences of love. Um, but normally, lo love continues to keep giving. Sin continues to keep allowing death to take place. And so th those are the definitely consequences and the penalty of sin. But praise God that, that Jesus died for the penalty. The wages of sin is death and the gift of God is eternal life. So Jesus died so that we could have a free reign to love and not be penalized by our sins. Secondly, um, the consequences always vary. The consequences always vary of our sins, and we have to be conscious of that, and I'm going to go into that a little bit today. Uh, I want to give you the definition of, of personal forgiveness and then relational forgiveness so I can get to my work today. Personal forgiveness, here it is. It's releasing someone from having to pay the penalty for their sins due to the fact that Christ has already paid for their sins and have been fully executed for the behavior that was caused. That, that, that's personal forgiveness. That's personal forgiveness. Relational forgiveness is giving a person who has sinned against you the best opportunity to repent. So that negative consequences can be changed and a loving relationship can be established. And that's where I want to go to today. I want to talk about relational forgiveness. We spent time uh, last week talking about 
um, personal forgiveness and then the six, six steps that personal forgiveness reigns. Um, in, in, in personal forgiveness, we talked about the opportunity that we have when we take a look at a person who has definitely committed a sin and the uh, illustration that we used was like a person who owed a lot of money and they could not pay the debt because the debt was due. But because of a friend heard that they couldn't pay the debt, it was a million dollars and we'll just say a million dollars. I'm not for sure where that music is coming from. All right, amen. Thank you so much. And so um, the person owes a million dollars but can't pay the debt. And so it's very important that you understand if you can't pay the debt now, you have to deal with the penalty of not being able to pay the debt. But a friend came along and paid the debt for the person who could not pay. Now, the person who owed the debt had no idea that the debt had been paid. The bank had cleared the debt because a friend came along. That's literally how we have to accept the penalty of what sin has caused because Jesus paid our debt. The wages of sin is death. Jesus paid it. The gift of God is eternal life. And that's what um, God has given us through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Now I want to talk about a different story. Because now that we're talking about relational forgiveness, and we're moving into a place where we have to begin to think about the second and third path. If you can remember to accept the forgiveness that God gives you, if you can repent of what you've done and receive God's forgiveness, secondly, you can forgive others. You can't forgive others unless you recognize that you are wretched undone. You have sinned against God yourself. And the reason why we know you've sinned, so glad you asked, because we were born in sin, shaped in iniquity. And so just by your birth, you are prone to sin, but because he lives, not only can we face tomorrow, but we can face today. But in um, this next phase of relational forgiveness, I want to talk about um, um, the best opportunity that you can give a person who has sinned against you to repent, because repentance guides the process. So that negative consequences can be changed and a loving atmosphere can be established um, with that person. And we'll get to the, the, the conversation in Love, Life, and Victory where you have to be assigned to the people that have sinned against you. And, and, and some of you, they're across the world, some of them have, have, have sinned against you, have died. We can talk about all of that kind of stuff. But who better? than to be a ambassador for Jesus than me or you when somebody has sinned against us and we advocate on their behalf. And not only do we advocate on their behalf, 
but then we give them the best opportunity because of their repentance to be in a loving relationship so that we can make the difference. This is not a part of my lesson, but I think I just wanted to say this so that you can kind of get the idea. There's a story about a man and his son um, who had separated and parted ways because of what sin has called. And this um, um, man had, had repented and he wanted to reconcile with his son. And so he couldn't find his son. So he um, put in the public newspaper, Pedro, uh, I'm asking for your forgiveness and I have forgiven you and I wanna be in love and relationship with you. Meet me in the town square. Funny thing about it was, there was over 150 Pedros that showed up in the town square because people are in that dire need of forgiveness. And I wanted to use that to talk about this story of a man who was at the end of his life and career and he was an architect and he wanted to build one last home um, and he found one of those cliffs over um, in Half Moon Bay to build um, his best home that he's ever had. He had all the money. He went and found the best woods. He went and um, got the, 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 the best framing, the best foundation. Um, and he designed the home of his dream. And he built it on the ocean's edge, overlooking the water. Uh, and when he was complete, it was the greatest masterpiece because the best wood, the best electrical, the best foundation, everything that he put into this last home that he made, it was his final finished work. Um, if you can see that building, if you can see that, that dream house that sits on the mountain uh, cliff off of Half Moon Bay, um, as, as one of the greatest works of art in house building by a designer who wanted to do his last work. If you can see a picture of that home, how many ever story home, how many ever acres of land that covered it and how many ever um, rooms and spaciousness that this house had. If you can see that picture, you can see what God did when he made man. It was the greatest piece of work he did. Um, he shaped us in his image and likeness and then gave us the mind of God, gave us everything that he had. God's masterpiece is in the work of man and mankind. But something happened to that house that sat on the hillside of Half Moon Bay. If you've never been to Half Moon Bay, please Google Half Moon Bay so that you can see it's on the ocean's edge. A hurricane came through one day and ravaged that home. The home didn't look like the builder had built it. Wind had blew it, blew the roof, um, blew the windows out storm, it flooded, um, the, the wiring had 
short-circuited. Now this building has uh, been decimated by a hurricane. We want to call that hurricane sin. Can you imagine what was a beautiful masterpiece? I really want to say that everybody on this call, you were beautifully and wonderfully made. God didn't make any mistakes. As a matter of fact, let me say this. The calling on your life, the destination of your life's goal and work was given to you by God. Because the Bible says, for I know the plans that I have for you. Let me just say this so that you can hear it real clearly. God took into consideration the hurricane that was going to hit your life. He still declared you to be a doctor, a lawyer. He still declared for you to be the head and not the tail. He still declared greatness for you in your life, despite of what happened to you. I need to say that again. God intended for you to be all that he declared, and he took into consideration all the things that were going to happen to you so that you can make the difference. And it's so, so very important. It's so very important that you know that he has already, I keep saying it because I want somebody to get this, your rape, your molestation, whatever you had, whatever you're doing, God knew that all of that was going to take place when he declared what he wanted for your life. Ah. So now this beautiful house has been raped, has been molested, has been abandoned. This house has been flooded with alcohol, drugs, and all kinds of sin. Termites have taken over. But the author, the founder of the house, still knew that this was his master workpiece. And just like that house on the hill in Half Moon Bay, that the hurricane called sin had demolished, God did not go down the ocean side and try to build you anew. He built you rather rebuild you right where you were. That's what grace and mercy does for you. God knows how to rebuild what you have allowed by sin to sometimes ravish and destroy. That's the reason why forgiveness is so very important because we are in need of an extreme makeover. Uh, um, I've got so much I need to share today, so I can't spend time too much talking about the story. But I gotta give you an idea of what God wants to do in an extreme makeover in your life. The biggest thing that he has to do, he has to get your permission to do a makeover in your life. Um, that's the reason why salvation is free. 
Think about what he has to do. Just like the builder has to go in that house and redo the wiring, make sure that the foundation is solid, make sure that the windows are replaced, put a new roof on, put new uh, fixtures in the home, furnish the home. That's what God wants to do in um, your children. Have you ever wanted your children just to, you know, uh, uh, be new, you, you know? <laughs> You know, no, 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 no. You, you, you got to work through that. You got to work through that stuff because God does his best work because his best work was when he made you in the first place. But because of what sin has caused and because of what the hurricane has done, he now has to go down to the city and get a permit to do some work on that home. And he's got to get permission to remake, reinvest, put back what was because of what sin has caused. That's so very, very important. And the problem that we have is when you see your home as ravaged as it is, you are marred by rape, you're marred by molestation, you're marred by abandonment, you're marred by the sins and the cares of this world. And the reason why we get frustrated is because we try to fix only what the founder can fix. So many people, the reason why they can't get it right, the reason why we keep coping is because we are trying our best to reach the soul of man, which, which man cannot reach. And so what we have to do is give God permission because he says, I stand at the door knocking. If you open up the door, I know you've been damaged. I know you've been abused. I know, I know, I know you've been hurt. I know the hurricane came through. But if you open up the door, I'll come in. I think I talked about it last week. Um, um, the great late Dr. E.V. Hill preached a sermon that I never, ever, ever will forget. And that is entitled, Locked in a Room with Open Doors. There's so many people that's on this call, that people that we know. We have locked ourselves in rooms because of what sin has caused. And we have been paralyzed because we have to take a risk and walk outside of the room because the door is open. And that door is Jesus Christ. And there's so many people have locked themselves up in the pain and in the house that the hurricane has destroyed. And the only thing that they can talk about is how it was. But I've got some good news for you. It can be again. God has the ability to go in, just like an architect does, just like those TV shows about makeover and homes. And it's amazing how a home that looked ravished, a home that, that, that looks tore down and destroyed, because it's on a solid foundation, the architect knows how the builder knows how to go into that home and create it all over again. That's what God wants to do in our lives. But he can't do it without our permission. Don't look now, 
but you're going to have to become vulnerable. Watch this, y'all. Even though there might be some more hurricanes that come your way. You're going to have to be made over. You're going to have to experience the relationship that God, you're going to have to be vulnerable all over again. And God wants to do an extreme makeover in your life so that he can rebuild what once was, but he can even make you more sustainable, even though there's some more hurricanes looming in your life. And so, uh, number one, he, he needs your permission to, to, to move in. Uh, um, he got to have you to move in. You've got to become vulnerable so that the architect, now listen to me, the wiring, the wood, everything that he made in you was good. But because of sin and that hurricane that came through, it was so devastating but you can be made over. Hallelujah. You can start all over. But because the reason why you can start over is because what he declared for you before the foundation of the world, when in the belly of your mother's womb, you still are on course in spite of what happened to you to get there, but you can't hold on to the hurricane that's gone on. That hurricane is now destroying somebody else's life and, and you're still holding on like it still has an effect on your life. And that's the reason why repentance is the process of what we need to do in loving relationships. Think about somebody who sinned against you. Just like God wants you to be in a loving relationship with him, you've got to find a way to be in a loving relationship to people who have sinned against you. The truth of the matter is, you're right. You can't do it. Since these last four weeks, we've had people to talk about, well, listen, I just can't do it. I, I just, you don't know what she's done. You don't know what he's done. We do know what they've done. They've sinned against you. And no, you're right. You're right. You cannot do it. But I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. What can we say about these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? And relational forgiveness is the way in which God offers salvation. And so it's so very important that you understand that in order to experience the totality of God, that once you're in relational forgiveness, it's really based upon your repentance. If you repent to God, then God can come in. If you become vulnerable to God, if you open up the door, how many people do we know are not in physical prisons, but they're in mental prisons? I mean, you know, there's more people in mental prisons. They've locked themselves up because they said, nobody's going to ever hurt me again. But they've actually locked the very person who's knocking on the door. And that's God himself saying, I want to come in. I want to be in loving relationship with you. But you've got to trust me enough, even though some more hurricanes may be out there in the ocean's deep, uh, abyss, but, but they might miss you. They might come to the right or to the left, whether it be cat five, cat six, 
um, but but you will receive some 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 stormy weather continuously in your life. Now let me get to talking about the matter at hand. Since we're in a loving relationship, we have to think about relational forgiveness because our souls have been damaged and relationships have been broken. There is, like in, um, like in personal um, forgiveness, that's about you. Um, uh, you heard me say last week, um, I teach at the college and I've taught all of the classes. And uh, 14A in, um, and at, at the community college is about relationships. And that really ain't about um, you in relationship. That's a really about how well are you built? How well are you doing as an individual by yourself? 14B is how you function when you are in communion with somebody else. 14.5 is how you function in family. And we go on and on and on in the relationship sector. Uh, there's, there, there's a sermon that I preach, um, um, and, and it's a whole chapter, and it's entitled, A Crazy Man, A Sick Woman, and a Dead Child. If you remember the text that escapes me now, but Jesus walked past the graveyard, and there was a man who lived in the graveyard. Um, and 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 that man was crazy. He was cutting on himself. He 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 couldn't function in community, so he they had to move him. And his residence was in the graveyard. But I got some 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 good news for you about that man. But then Jesus, after he heals that man, he walks, and there's a man that comes to him and tells him, "My daughter is dead. But if you just speak the word." I mean, if you speak, you don't, listen, I am not fit for you to come to my house, but you speak the word and my daughter will live. But, but, but while on his way to heal this daughter or, uh, or to, to, to take a look at this girl who um, was now dead, uh, there is a woman who has an issue of blood for 12 years and, and, and she's sick. And the Bible says that she didn't get Better, she got worse. Has spent all the money that she had. She 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 was a sick woman. Um, but but she said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, if I can just touch it, I'll be made whole. Um, that whole chapter is really about family. And I want to say to you, when sin has ravaged our houses and our homes, when crazy men hook up with sick women. The only thing they can produce is dead children. But I'm so glad that every part of the family that Jesus passed through in that chapter, the man who was crazy in the graveyard, and there's a whole bunch of crazy men out here we know, um, but he was healed and he was able to go home and, and, and become a, 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 a productive family member. This sister, who was exiled because she had a sickness that isolated her from community. Um, but she broke the rule trying to get to a savior. And Jesus says, who touched me? 
and she was able to say I was, even though she was not supposed to be in the crowd. And he says, because of your faith and because of your fight, you are being made whole. And then let me just tell you, if a crazy man that becomes well and a sick woman who becomes healed hook up because of God's relational forgiveness, you can produce children that are alive. I want to talk about the paths that we need to deal with in forgiveness because my time always is short. I don't have a whole bunch of time. And then I will actually end for today. Here we are. The first step in practicing relational forgiveness is to practice all three paths of forgiveness. Receive God's forgiveness. Forgive others. Then ask others who you've sinned against to simply forgive you. It, I mean, I don't know how to make it more simpler th th than that. You have to forgive others because that's where we live. Only after you have asked God to forgive you. It, because it's so very important that you understand if you don't ask God to forgive you, it's very hard for you to release others. There, 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 there's only one kind of, 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 of forgiveness. And if you practice all three paths, all three paths, you will be able to receive what God has given, release others. You then can be a candidate to be in a healthy relationship with people. N number two, uh, personal forgiveness without relational forgiveness is incomplete. You can't be healed by yourself without being in relationship because God wants us to be in relationship. You can't do life by yourself. And I know you've been hurt. You've been wounded. I know, but you must uh, understand that God wants us to be in community together. Relational forgiveness without personal forgiveness is complete. Both. If you are, are, are do personal forgiveness, it's not complete without relational forgiveness. If you do relational forgiveness, it's not complete without personal forgiveness. Personal forgiveness is the foundation of relational forgiveness. If you're not whole, then you can't be whole within community. You, you can't you can't you can't you can't help others when you are not healthy. I mean, we can fool ourselves because a lot of us we don't want to deal with our own issues, so we spend our time working on other people's stuff. Uh, the Bible says it like this: uh, you, you you got a beam in your eye, but 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 you still trying to work on getting the moat out of your brother's eye. Uh, one of my cousins he wrote a song about it. He says uh, you ought to spend the first six months minding your business and spend the second six months leaving other people's business alone so you must deal with personal forgiveness in order for relational forgiveness to come second practicing relational forgiveness without first practicing the three paths you're doomed to failure practicing personal forgiveness makes you stronger and a better person now here it is when somebody sins against you, repentance of the guilty person should guide the process. Let real 
change be verified and authenticated. Let me, let me unpack that just a little bit. <laughs> there can be no forgiveness without repentance. The Bible says if you ask for forgiveness, he's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. So once you ask for forgiveness, you can get it. Um, you, 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 can't, you, can't, you can't get forgiveness without a repentive process of the individual so that you can be in a loving relationship. And sometimes you have to initiate that so that it can take place. Now watch this. I talk about it all the time. Um, real change has to be verified or authenticated. Um, I use the example of a person that's been um, uh, locked behind physical walls um, and, and they come out of prison and they say, listen, I've changed, I've changed, I've changed. Um, but their conversation does not verify their practice and their work. And, and so that's going to take some time for us to talk about. But repentance is necessary. Um, it's the basis of to, to, for us to restore relationships. Um, re, re, uh, relational forgiveness does not mean that, 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 that restoring broken relationships, you, you don't have to ignore the person's sin or, 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 or you don't have to become a doormat. You don't, people just don't get to just keep sinning against you and you keep giving them the keys to the car and they keep wrecking it. You keep giving them the keys to the house and they keep um, throwing parties in it and destroying your stuff. So, so we have to have a real verifiable change and, and how it's verified is through their actions. Now, let me just say this before you, I get, before you get lost. You must establish God's authorized boundaries, not yours. If a person repents, you've got to tune in with God. If you've done the work with the first pass, second pass, and the third pass, then you have to release that person based upon how God releases you. Are you listening to me? You cannot hold them hostage based upon how you feel because your damage, your, um, your, your, your boundaries are not God's boundaries. And so many people who do this work, <laughs> they forgive the person, but they got their boundaries on them instead of God authorized boundaries. And, and so they say, listen, I forgive you, but I don't ever want to see you again. That's not God's authorized boundaries. No, God wants you to be in a loving relationship with them. And so that is so, so, so very important. Um, unrepentant people will sin again, even if you forgive them. And that's the reason why it, uh, uh, authentic um, 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 uh, repentance, if you repent, if you repent, then if you turn away, then God wants you to use his boundaries to allow that person to come back into your life. And the more the God's boundaries are met, then the more you can release them back into your life where you can have an authentic, loving relationship. It is so very, very, very important that you understand how that works. And so it's so very important as I try my best to, to, to close out because I don't have a whole bunch of time to, to finish 
what I really want to say, but I want to say this. We must live in community with each other. We must, first of all, receive what God has for us. Secondly, we have to forgive and release others because they hurt us. They damaged us. Because they damaged us, don't look now. We know, even if you don't admit it, you've damaged other people. And so it's so very important that you know you have to find people and ask them for forgiveness. And really, that's how conversations really start. You have to go to people, even when they sin against you, so that you can start a conversation. And you have to say stuff like this. And I said it last week on the Love, Life, and Victory. Um, you have to go to a brother, sister, husband, wife, child, parent, coworker, boss, whoever it is. And you have to say, um, I, I, I'm asking for your forgiveness. Now, they're, they're the ones that cut you, raped you, molested you, abandoned you, whatever they've done against you. But you're going to them saying, I'm asking you for forgiveness. And they say, why? And you say, because I was hoping that a plane fall out the sky and drop on you. I was hoping that a train would run over you. I was hoping that the bus. See, because when we've sinned against, our natural response is vengeance. And that's the reason why the Lord says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord of hosts. We've got to learn to hold our peace and allow God to fight our battles. We will get the victory. But if you are not wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in Christ, knowing that he can use somebody who's sinning against you, the best opportunity for them to meet him through you in a loving relationship. That's what forgiveness is all about. Um, I'll get a chance to unpack some of these things that I said, but uh, lastly, I want to say this. If you're not experiencing the life God wants you to live, then you've got some work to do. I've got some work to do because he wants you to be the salt of the earth. He wants you to be the light of the world. Um, big, 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 by deductive reasoning, word I learned in school, being salt is being the flavor of a world that's bland, a world that's sin. You, 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 you are the spice. Um, for those of you who uh, know the difference between alcohol and wine, um, you don't need um, um, you don't need uh, to drink any um, um, uh, champagne for the bubbles to have a party. There's a party going on in the bottle all by itself. You got to drink a little wine so you can get its effects. But champagne, we, we are the champagne of the world. People ought to see us. Um, we're, we're the light. And we are light in darkness. Everywhere you go, somebody's in pain. Everywhere you go. And you're on the job. As long as you're dealing with people, you're on the job. You don't get to not be the minister. You're the minister. Sometimes it's to your children. Sometimes it's to your boss. Your boss is over you. He She's making four times the money, and you're the salt of the earth at your job. You're the light of the world and your family. At the family reunion that you've already gone to or you're getting ready to go to if you're going this year, if this is your year, God wants to use you in loving relationships so that forgiveness can work its perfect work 
so that people will be in restored, loving communion, that he might be able to say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. God, we ask now that you would um, go through this process of forgiveness with us so that we can experience loving relationships, authentic, based upon how you have fixed it. And we ask your forgiveness right now in the name of Jesus. We've locked ourselves away from people that we want to be in loving relationships with because we're so afraid that they're going to hurt us again. Another hurricane is going to come. But even when another hurricane comes, even if it's a direct hit on our house, because of you being the master designer and the architect, we're going to ask you to come in and restore our lives once again. So, Lord, we bless the people on this call. We ask that you would allow us to be the light and the salt. We give you permission to do a makeover in our ravaged hearts, in our souls that have been damaged by so many people. And then it got so bad, we couldn't handle the damage of other people. We start damaging our own selves. So we repent now. We want to be in loving relationship with you in return. You would help us to be in loving relationship with others. Lord, hear our prayer. In Jesus' name, Pastor Call. Amen. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, God the Father. Hallelujah, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord God. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning with humble hearts and bore out heads, Lord God, giving you thanks, Lord God, for another day, Lord God, another opportunity to reverence you, Lord God, and to lift up the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Lord God. We want to say thank you, Lord God, this morning for reminds of all that we have to be grateful for, which is so much, Lord God. Lord God, we say thank you, Lord God, for the teaching that we received this month, Lord God, all through the month of June, Lord God. Uh, you have given us so many teachers with so many declarations, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah, Lord God, to, to lead us and to guide us and to build us up in you, Lord God. And for that, we say thank you, Lord God. We say thank you, Lord God, for forgiveness this morning, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah, Lord God. It is you, Lord God, that is the forgiver, Lord God. So this morning, Lord God, we repent, Lord God, and we receive your forgiveness, Lord God. Thank you. Thank you for loving us, Lord God. Thank you for your word, Lord God, word that it tells us, Lord God, that it is by your spirit, Lord God, that we are able to forgive those that have harmed us and that have sinned against us, Lord God. It is by your spirit, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah, Lord God. Thank you for your word, Lord God, when that it tells us, Lord God, that we can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens us, Lord God. Lord God, we can't do it under our own strength, Lord God. Under our own, oh, thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, for your grace and your mercy, Lord God. Be grateful for, Lord God. 
Thank you for your word, Lord God, when that it tells us, Lord God, through love and kindness, Lord God, that you have drawn us, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, for pricking at our hearts, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, for tugging at our hearts, Lord God. Thank you for not giving up on us, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah, Lord God. When we was trespassing, Lord God, when we was living in sin, Lord God, when we was all walking in the darkness, Lord God, you snatched us out, God. You grabbed hold to us, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah, Lord God. And now we are children of the light, Lord God, because we have repented, Lord God, and we have received your love and your grace, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, so much to be grateful for, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah, Lord God. Yes, Lord, the children, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah, Lord God. We say thank you, Lord God, for covering our children, Lord God. Why are they on summer break, Lord God? Oh, hallelujah, Lord God. They need your protection, Lord God. And we say thank you, Lord God, that we've already prayed, Lord God, and that we believe, Lord God, oh, hallelujah, Lord God, that our prayers have been heard and that they shall be answered, Lord God, that our children will be safe, Lord God, this summer season, Lord God, oh, hallelujah, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for every summer program and summer camp, Lord God, that will be open, Lord God. We want to lift up the uh, the mentors, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah, Lord God. And those, Lord God, that will be uh, loving on our children, Lord God, this summer, Lord God, protecting our children, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah, Lord God. So much to be grateful for, Lord God. Lord God, we continue, Lord God, to, to say thank you, Lord God, for the institution of marriage, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah, Lord God. We lift up the marriages to you today, Lord God. And we say, make us one, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah, Lord God. Strengthen us, Lord God. Strengthen us, Lord God, in the areas, Lord God, uh, where that you know that we need strengthening, Lord God, so that, Lord God, we'll be able to forgive one another, Lord God, when we offend each other in our marriages, Lord God, when we get frustrated, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah, Lord God. Hey, and we, hey, hallelujah, want to hold on and go to bed mad. No, we don't want to do that. Oh, thank you, Lord God. We won't let the sun go down upon our wrath, Lord God, in our marriages, Lord God. We shall, hallelujah, Lord God, forgive each other, Lord God, before the sun go down. Oh, thank you, Lord God. Cover our marriages today, Lord God. Lord God, I also lift up those that are single. Oh, hallelujah, Lord God. Strengthen them, Lord God. Strengthen them, Lord God, while they serve you in their singleness, Lord God. And if they desire, Lord God, to be married, Lord God, oh, hallelujah, prepare them for their mate, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah. We say thank you in advance, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah, for those that are loving you and serving you in their singleness, Lord God. And, Lord God, we won't forget about our communities today, Lord God. No gunshots last night rung out in my neighborhood, Lord God. And for that, I say thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah, Lord God, that we are the salt, Lord God, of our communities, Lord God, that we can be the light, Lord God, in our communities, Lord God, that we can walk around the block, Lord God, and praise you, Lord God, Oh, Lord, in silence, Lord God, in our hearts, Lord God, opening up our mouths even, Lord God, as we walk around our communities, Lord God, and pray, Lord God. Hey, thank you. 
for our communities, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, for giving us the heart, the mind, oh, hallelujah, Lord God, to be of service, Lord God, in our communities, Lord God. And Lord God, I don't, I won't forget about those, Lord God, that uh, declare victory over our lives, Lord God. I lift up every minister, Lord God, every pastor, Lord God, every evangelist, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah, Lord God, that minister to your people, Lord God. I pray your protection and your covering over their lives as well, Lord God. Strengthen them, Lord God, and build them up, Lord God, as they pour out and minister unto us, Lord God, as they pray over us, Lord God, in their congregation, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah, Lord God. When we are laying in bed at night, sleep, Lord God, they are up burning the midnight hour or praying over their congregation, Lord God. And for that, Lord God, we say thank you, Lord God. Bless them today, Lord God. Bless every pastor, Lord God, that serves your people, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, for this great nation that we live in, the United States of America, Lord God. We pray your protection and covering over this nation, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah, Lord God. All the way from the presidency, Lord God, all the way down to the mayor, Lord God, to the streets. Reaper, Lord God, the city worker, Lord God. Hey, hallelujah, Lord God. Cover this nation. Oh, hallelujah, Lord God. Help this nation, Lord God, to repent, Lord God, and to hey, return to you, Lord God, so that you may heal the land, Lord God. Hey, in the name of Jesus, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah, Lord God. So much to be grateful for, Lord God. Thank you for your forgiveness, Lord God. Lord God, we receive your forgiveness, Lord God. Oh, Lord God, every victor on this line, Lord God, every believer on this line, Lord God, every saint, Lord God, on this line, Lord God, I lift up to you, Lord God, and I pray your protection and covering over their lives, Lord God, their household, their family, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, we say thank you. For our salvation, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah, Lord God. So much to be grateful for, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah, Lord God. Our hearts, Lord God. Our hearts, Lord God. Oh, filled with the joy, oh, hallelujah, of salvation. Filled with the joy of Christ Jesus. Filled with the love of Christ Jesus. Thank you. Lord God, we are full of so much joy that we're going to take our phones off from you and collectively praise you together. Come on, y'all. Take your phones off of you. And thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Father, we thank you right now. God, we give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor on this morning. Father, we ask for the repentance of the sins that we've committed. Knowing and unknowingly, God, not only do we ask for forgiveness of the sins that we've committed, but anyone that has committed sin against us, God, we release those people in the name of Jesus. We have no right to hold anyone hostage. And so, Father God, right now, anyone that I know that is in my inner scope, in my inner circle of people, I ask, Lord, that you show me how to go and ask for forgiveness of their sins. And then, Father God, truly value what I see as far as the repentance that they have for me will be authentic. Thank you for this man of God who gave the word so clearly on the 
today God.
Anybody else want to say good morning? Anybody else want to say good morning? Good morning. Good morning, Saints. This is Leisha. Good morning, Miss Leisha. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you all for 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 being on the call today. Um, we, we've done a lot of work in the last four weeks on just Fridays alone. I want to just say again, thank you to those of you who made it possible. You're so excited about being a part of this move of God. And so we're asking that um, God get the glory for what we're trying to say and do. Um, I want to go straight into um, um, asking what did you hear, um, what you agree with, what you didn't agree with, um, what we need to make more clear. Again, for those of you who are in the Oakland Bay Area. Um, I'm not for sure if you have Bible study at your church on Wednesdays, but we will be starting the 14th of August, Wednesday nights at 6.30, just going through the lifestyles of forgiveness so that we can go in depth. Um, most people who know me know that I'm a process person. I want to know um, what's the process to it? How do we get to the the desired end result? Um, Sometimes we don't get there, but it is my desire for us to know what the desire is. We may, may have to make some adjustments constantly, but we ought to at least know what the desire is. So um, if you heard anything today um, that um, uh, unearthed you or uh, disturbed you, that's my goal and objective is not to make you enjoy me. Um, um, I think that that is the worst sin of, of the church and ministry is for us to go to church and enjoy it and not do anything different and keep the same behavior patterns. Um, and so uh, what did you hear today? If anybody want to talk and share, you can do so at this time. Um, who wants to go first and open up the discussion of the last uh, day in this opportunity this month to talk about forgiveness on a Friday? Good morning, Pastor Van Hook. Uh, my name is Geraldine, and I'm just so grateful to be on the line on this morning, and thank you. Um, <clears throat> I just want to say thank you for... Um, I just want to uh, say thank you for... Let me just turn my phone down. I think it may be up a little loud. Okay. Anyway, I just want to thank you for um, leading us in this on this uh, month of uh, forgiveness, uh, lifestyle of forgiveness. And I got so much out of this this morning uh, after having a personal um, situation that actually a live uh, event that took place on last evening. And um, it just kind of uh, helped me. Ministry is very tough, but no. we have to be willing to forgive others, no matter how many times that faith uh, sin against us, we must always forgive. And I thank you because the outline on today was um, we do have to authenticate a person when they repent to us 
and just see a verifiable change. And I truly thank you again. Forgive me. I'm just really kind of uh, full from the word on today. But it definitely found me in the place of where I'm at on this morning. Um, And many of us, like myself, I put up boundaries and have all my life. I had always uh, had a tendency when someone really, because we, the old man is not all the way dead. My God. My God. And so forgiveness is real. Yes. We can't play with it. We can't play with it. When we ask for someone to, we have to continue to forgive them over and over and over, no matter how many times that they come to us, no matter how many times we have to go to them. It's real. And then you said that we have to release that person. And so that's what we must do. We live in a community of hurting people. My God. We live in communities. It's really sad. But we have so many people, and not just them, but us as well, that hurt others with our very mouth. We say things that not necessarily we meant to hurt them, but we do. And some people we have said things and didn't even know that we had offended them. Absolutely. So like I said on this morning, sometimes we have to just step away. It's just like the viper on the car. It's a step back, it's too close. So that way we don't continue to offend and hurt people, hurt people in our lives until we get totally healed. We'll always be asking for forgiveness until we make it happen. So I ask that you all pray with me on today to be able to continue moving. Thank you. Thank you so very, very, very much. Um, um, the personal forgiveness is what we all live if we've been sinned against. And the reason why is because personal forgiveness is where God comes and gives us healing, gives us strength, gives us the luster and the life so that we can go back in battle, so that we can then help aid somebody else through. Um, because if you don't get personal forgiven, if you don't get personal forgiveness, even when you get back in the battle, when you think you are healed, as soon as your number pops up, you are now spinning because the healing was not there. You just thought you were healed. But the best way to to know that you healed is to practice on the person who cut you. Um, that, that way you know you healed. See, because if you just said, I forgive you, and I ain't got to see you no more. <laughs> but because God didn't make any new people, um, 
um, you will find somebody who reminds you of Raheem, Ralph, Mary, Shaquita, and you'll go to cussing all over again because they got the same behavior patterns that um, that you thought that you had gotten rid of. And so the best time to practice forgiveness is during the act of sin. If somebody's sinning against you, um, Jesus said it on the cross. They were sinning against him. They wasn't loving him. And he had the audacity to have enough strength to say, Father, forgive them. But they really don't know what they do. And our victory does not come on the front end. Our victory is an oh, by the way, or a by and by. Um, when the people see it, uh, the people um, take sides and pe pe people make uh, adjustments and opinions based upon what they think they think. But sometimes you have to go up in flames uh, being accused of something that you cannot authenticate or verify um, because you don't owe the world uh, an explanation, but you do owe one to God and to the people that you're in relationship with. Um, um, as a repentant person who's moving forward. So thank you for being in that moment with us on today. Um, you, you've made my day. Um, so anybody else you want to share? I don't want to just, just just keep talking when other people um, would like to share and, and, and lift what, what you get, what you uh, didn't like, what you need to process through. Anybody else want to um, share? Good morning, Pastor. This is Angela. Good morning, Ms. Angela. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for um, this series. Here's like the, I don't know if it's a question or, I don't know. Um, here's what I've found for myself. You just mentioned something that really like opened up, okay, maybe that's what's happening when you think that you're healed from something um, and it resurfaces, I know for me, I know it resurfaces because God, you know, is illuminating it like, okay, this is not, you know, this is not gone. You know, you thought it was gone and he wants you healed and he doesn't want you to stay in stuff. So, I know there's a purpose to it coming up. And my issue is church hurt. And I thought that it was completely gone. You know, I've, I've even did what she said just now with, you know, dealing, still dealing with the person. And, um, it just resurfaced and I had to really take a look at, you know, why, you know, why I was feeling and what was it that I was feeling. Um, and one of the, one of the things I came up with because I write things out was my unreal expectations, you know, of that person. Um, even though on the other side, it was a valid expectation. 
because the person is in, you know, leadership, the person is in leadership. So it was a valid expectation, but on the other side, you run to the other side, it's really an unreal expectation. I think it was a um, more of a, I don't want to say a side swap, more of a, I think what happened was more of a like, oh my God, I can't believe this happened. And as the person was talking to me, you can hear just through discernment, you can hear when people say words, you know, you know, like if it's coming from the heart and you'll, and I, I found myself saying, well, I didn't know you felt that way about me. You know, it was just totally a, oh, wow. And it made me really go into, okay, like, is it me? Is it something that, you know, maybe I've presented myself in a way, you know, you go, well, you know, you're trying to find the, the cat on the line. And, um, and it just resurfaced. And when I saw the person in my, you know, I just felt, I was like, oh my God, this is not gone. Like, and, and I don't know, maybe it's a, a deep, you know, spiritual deliverance that's needed. You know, I don't know. I don't even know if that was a question, Pastor, but I just needed to to say that. I don't know. Is there anything that, you know, yes. or something. You said what I'm saying. I'm sorry for babbling, but I'm just trying to put it. No, no. Listen, listen. <laughs> you are speaking for a few of us on the line. Um, for whatever reason, I don't know why people don't think pastor or the preacher got church hurt. But I go back every week for some more hurt. <laughs> I go back. I go back for some more disappointment. Right. I go, right. I go back. I go back when people promise to show up on time who's in leadership and don't damn show. Yeah. I go back. I keep going back. And for some reason, we want to make the church a utopia of a safe place right. when the church is the, the, the training ground, not for us to hide. And 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 I, I'm, hopefully I'm not hollering, but I am. We want to mm. go hide in the doggone church, and so yeah. that's the reason why we have church hurt. The church is a mission; it's a training ground for us to go into the world and become salt and light. Not a damn place to go and hide. Yeah. And so people go to church and hide. They go and sing their songs. They go and say hallelujah and talk in tongues and roll on the floor and, and do the, the dance. It's not how high you jump, but it's how straight you walk when you come down. And so we go and get our praise on. No, you go to church to get your battles uh, in check. You go to church for people to remind you that you're in spiritual warfare. You are soldiers in the army of God. And so I just get so disappointed in people who run to the church and want the church to be their savior. Jesus is your savior. But the pastor keeps going back. And it's always amazing for the pastor. Let me just tell you, I'm just, I just, I guess I'm on my own soap, church box soap, uh, church, church hurt soap box. 
And then the Negroes, all of a sudden, when I'm when, when they don't like me no more, guess what they say? Well, I ain't receiving the word there. I need to go somewhere where they preaching the word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I done got the kids out of jail. I done went to court on their behalf. I mean, the work that I've done and the, 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 the stab that I've received. And I keep coming back. I keep coming back. You know why I keep coming back? Because if I can't do the work at the church house, I surely can't do the work in the world. Yeah. Because at least we're supposed to have grace, mercy, and we're supposed to be practicing authentic forgiveness. Where is the best place to practice it? I'm so glad you asked. While you're in training at the doggone church. That's where you practice forgiveness. That's where you get your 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 your, your battle uh, your 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 artillery. That's where you get prayed up. That's where you get encouraged. We ought to come to church so that you can say, um, "Listen, uh, you you might you might get cut this week, but that's all right." Um um um. There's so many people who who who've gotten cut just like you, but but hang in there. Let God use you. Don't, don't, don't get discouraged. Okay, so I'm through fussing. Now let me go to what you're saying. Because I got church hurt, too. And don't let nobody fool you. Every pastor has woke up, and I can't say every pastor, so let me just talk about the people I've talked to, have woke up and say, those people at the church, Woo! Those people. But Moses made a mistake in Miss Heaven because he was talking about those people like they belong to him. Yeah. Those are those are God's people. Reason why I keep going back is because they're God's folk. Reason why I keep going back is because I'm also on this battle and on this journey. Um you can't imagine being the pastor wanting everything to be perfect and, and for things to look well and for all hell to be breaking out in your life. And, 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 you, and, you, and you're supposed to be the leader. And the leader is supposed to have it together. But what better person for an enemy to attack than the doggone leader? And that's the reason why you cannot um, I just think that we have to really understand that there is no safe place from Satan and sin, whether it be in the church, whether it be on your job, whether it be in your household, because we try to create safe spaces yeah. where we can relax, where we can let our hair down. Um, you have to know that practicing authentic forgiveness, doing the work that we do, is not for the faint of heart. And the reason why personal forgiveness is so very important is because you've got to hear from God that you're okay and that you can be used by him to be light and darkness. 
But if you're not okay with rape, with molestation, with hurt, with a prison record, with um, uh, actually with being checked out because of drugs, alcohol, whatever, God wants to meet you right where you are. Heal you with personal forgiveness and put your butt back in the game um, so that you can help us get a championship. Um, on the football field, um, they shoot they shoot some of the players with um, that stuff that numbs you. Lidocaine. They numb the pain. Lidocaine, help me somebody. That's what I'm talking about. Lidocaine. Lidocaine. That's what I'm talking about. They shoot you with that stuff, and, 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 and you get back in the game because, watch this, y'all, you're valuable to the kingdom. And if you spend all your time talking about your leg broke or, you, or you, your feelings are hurt, you can't help the kingdom. You need personal forgiveness. You got to go to God. And receive what he has. Receive his love. And then once you get filled up with God's love, don't have the expectations. I really wish I had time to preach because you, you know what happened to the guy that, 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 that um, left the graveyard and went home to his family because he really wanted to follow Jesus. And Jesus said, no, you need to go home. Um, the people didn't celebrate him from being crazy and now going back to trying to be a healthy and productive person. They gave him a jacket of a graveyard individual. He had to live that through the rest of his life. Um, the man at the pool of Bethesda and John, I think it's John 5, um, with the five porches. If you read the text, 38 years at the pool of Bethesda, Jesus says to him, after you get up, take up your bed and walk. Go. You know where that rascal went? He didn't go back to the community and give life. He went to the doggone church with church people who didn't accept him. They didn't even accept him. Who healed you? We don't want you here. He thought that once he got healed, he could be a part of the in crowd. The Bible says Jesus told him, don't let the next sin be worse than the last one. We have to know that the church is a group of baptized believers that's trying to come to get ready to go into a dark world and shine light. I, I don't, I, I've even lost your statement, your question. Now I'm going to, I took your disease and start rambling too. Mm-mm. No, that was that was good stuff, sir. No, yes, yes, because uh-uh. even for example, you know, you know how the word comes through um, examples and stories, and it's just illuminating some areas. Like you know, yeah, you're right. You know, like what in the world? You know, you you thinking you're exactly right. You think. You know, it's supposed to be all gravy for whatever cuckoo cocoa puff reasons, but then when it doesn't um, happen that way, but um, no, sir, you've 
you've really, you've really, um, you hit the spot. You hit the spot. Uh, and you, uh, 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 go ahead, go ahead. You know what else I was go thinking ahead. that? Good morning. Can, in, can I try in the, of, in, in the midst of it, I was thinking, okay, you know what? You never grieved that situation. You know how we could just keep running and we could just say, you know, it's all good, it's all good, it's all good. And I was like, you know what, you never took a moment to really feel it and really dissect it. It was always a, you know, a keep moving, you know, it's all good. You know, I'm for, you know, just the the verbal words, but not the internal um, reality or the internal, um, um, yeah, reality of it. So, no, you, you helped me a whole lot. I appreciate all of it. You're yelling too. Good morning. This is Michelle. Good morning. I, I wanted to just add a comment, and this is, I just wanted to share this, and this might not be for everyone, but this is what I experienced. And it took me a while to kind of figure out that some of the things that happened to me weren't about me they were in preparation for where I was going. And what I had to understand is sometimes in the pruning process that in, in those church hurts, and if you stay around church long enough, they're coming. They got your name on them. So, so understand that it will happen. But what I had to learn is I'm not going to be able to pour into somebody if I've never been in, been through anything. It's like trying to tell somebody who's never been in war about war. And so this, like you were saying, Pastor, church is a training ground. And a lot of times what we experience in the church is in preparation for what we're about to walk into into the world. And I deal in profession with hurt people, and I watch how hurt people hurt other people and then hurt their children. And... So some of that comes up when I'm working with my families and, and working with individuals and understanding how to minister to them, you know, in that particular setting outside of the church because I may be the only Jesus that they see, whatever that looks like. So I just wanted to share that some of the things that we go through in all sincerity is in preparation for where we're going. and. If you haven't been through anything, you can't talk anybody through anything. I just want to share that. That's good. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I, I just hey. wanted to, yes, come on. Hey, hey, doctor, let me, let me, I'm going to just say it just like, like this. And good morning, everyone. Um, so, Michelle, just to paraphrase what you said, most stuff does not happen to us. It actually happens for us. And unfortunately, because that's not usually the perception or the lens that we're handed to look at most things, uh, we always look at things from uh, somewhat of a victimized perspective. Yeah. In reality, the word of God says, get this, in all things, in all things. give thanks, right? And, and and when you start to shift the paradigm in all things give thanks, you stop taking things so personally. Right because there, right there. What we do, unfortunately, is we make it about us. Right. 
when it ain't about us at all. It's always <laughs> about the end user. And so don't nobody care about your little feelings because your feelings <laughs> aren't really yours. And if you start to change your mind, even about how things impact you, instead of getting offended, look, and and I'm not saying that this is what you did. I'm just, I'm handing um, a tool that I was handed. We always confuse regular living with kingdom living, and the two are not the same. We have the expectation that was painted for us by the world in kingdom living. And the two are night and day. When God starts to change the, look, open the eyes of my understanding, right? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. If we don't understand that the mental shift is the only thing that matters at the end of the day, because it's the mental shift that will take the tools that you've been given by the pain and hurt that was allowed by God so that you would know what that feels like so you never inflict it on anybody else. Everything begins to change. You just be like, oh, oh, oh okay, that was a good lesson, Jesus. Thanks. Because it's never personal, yes. to be honest. But absolutely, absolutely. And, and, and to be real about it for me, oh, yeah, when it happens, I'm all out of myself. I'm upset six ways, sideways, to the left, to the right, and every which way but the right way. But then I have to sit down and talk to God about, okay, God, what just happened here? What is this? And and be in a place where I can hear his response. And then understand that, you know, pruning is not supposed to feel good. If you think about just the literal sense of cutting something away, it hurts because you think it's something that you need. You're comfortable. And so in that in, in those moments, what God shows me is what I look like in the mirror. And sometimes I don't like what I see. And then God lets me know, now you know how that feels. So when somebody comes to you about that, you can understand. You can have empathy. You can work with them through their feelings. So when I'm telling some of my families, I, I know how you feel. I understand, but it will get better. And I can say that from sincerity because a lot of my families deal with fake people, and they understand when you're being fake, and I don't have time for that. You know, time is short. The clock is ticking. So I, I have to be real up front because not only am I just talking to a parent, I'm talking to a parent who has a child, and I got to make sure that child is safe. I got to make Amen. sure my family is okay. And so Amen. my whole purpose is I, I do you a disservice. I do me a disservice. I do my profession a disservice. I do God a disservice if I'm anything but real. So Amen. when I talk to my parents, it has to come from a real place. When I'm in court and dealing with some of these attorneys who've got other agendas going on, I'm coming from a real place. Amen. I've got attorneys who usually go, I don't know, while I'm agreeing with you, you're agreeing with me because there's a God. That's why. And I've already talked to him about you. So I, I have to. And so I have to, had to begin to understand Amen, some of the cousin. things that I went through. Good morning, Amen, cousin. cousin. <laughs> Amen. Remember, remember what I said. Some Amen. Of the that I went through wasn't always about me. I'm just a vessel because I have a job to do. God bless you. I'm going to stop talking because I'll keep talking. <laughs> Y'all have a great day. You too. Wow, that's great. I, I, I want to go back and just reiterate 
the difference between those worldly living and kingdom living is two different places. And so hopefully you can get that. Anybody else want to share? What's your thoughts on today? Pastor Van, who's this Ravonda? Good morning. Good morning. I got a moment while my client is under the dryer, and I'm not going to hold y'all long. But, you know, um, I got a very great piece of advice from a, um, a dear uh brother of God, <laughs> and uh, one of the things that he told me, um, because I was one of those ones that would, you know, um, it seemed like every Sunday I would come home from church and, you know, I would be like, I always ask God why, you know, why? And um, being in leadership, the exposure to the amount of um, offense was, you know, at times it was unsurmountable, but um, I'm, I'm I'm really uh, hanging on to uh, one of the things that Dion just said, and that was everything that happened ain't about us. Uh, and like you said, but it, 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 you know, like you all said, but it was for us. And it's because we're not always supposed to be in a place where we're, we're children, but we grow up and we become ambassadors. Well, we're made ambassadors, so we go through all this stuff so that we can be useful, you know, for the, you know, it's not just for us, but it's for other people. Um, but one of the things that he said was, he said, Ravonda, you're not responsible for people's heart. That's not your job, you know, so quit asking. <laughs> quit, quit, quit asking that question and take the expectations off of people. And we talk on the line all the time about people are only able to give you what they have. They can't give you what they don't have, you know. So the expectations is, you know, as we mature, um, the thing that got me at 40 shouldn't be getting me at 55. Um, I shouldn't, not at 55, I shouldn't be talking about, especially being in ministry, it's hard for me to forgive. That should not be anything that leaves my mouth, it should not even be a thought. It shouldn't be, uh, it shouldn't be a, a second, it shouldn't be anything that's named amongst Ravonda. That, that's the one thing that I endeavor, um, and, and I mind it, I keep that. You know, the Lord delivered me from talking that way and operating in that way because it made me timid and it made me shrink. It made me pull back, you know, and the residue of it, over uh, over time has um, now that that has had the challenge, and sometimes I didn't even know it was the residue of me being in that time when um, you know a, a lot of the offense happened and uh, some things even my reactions I had to go and apologize for. But you know in this time in my life, um, I really realized that I that is not to be named that that shouldn't be a. a, a a flaw in my character at all that I have a difficult time forgiving and meaning in that meaning I have to always position myself to do the work constantly um, making sure that I keep my deliverance in that area um, because I realize the childhood hurt I realize you know the stuff that's in the markers in my DNA that would say that I would have proclivities that would cause me to draw back 
And so sometimes I have to be very careful, even when I expose myself, exposure, you know, to people loving me, to getting to know me or whatever, when they kind of um, maybe not respect the boundaries in my life. And I have to uh, take a deep breath and I really realize, okay, don't go there, watch it you know, watch it. And so I'm careful to make sure that people know when, you know, this is a boundary and this is, this is who I am. That is one reason when, when you were talking about how the church has taught us how to, you know, we, we respond and we act this way and we have these expectations because we have showed up as hypocrites. We won't tell people what, what hurt us or what hurt our feelings or the things, you know, that we're very sensitive at because sometimes we don't allow people in that and we think that they really know us. No, we show up with this persona because that's how we want people to perceive us because we don't let anybody in. But when, when we give ourselves exposure and, and we're offended in areas and we confess, yes, I'm offended, and we say, then we can heal, you know. But um, I, don't, I don't hold my pastor to no unrealistic expectation. Have I? Yes, I have. You know, um, and it was times when I would leave and I would take time off and, you know, all of that. But let me tell you, maturity, this, when, when I realized the same forgiveness uh, that I had to give was what I needed, my whole perspective changed. Thank you for your share this morning. Thank you so much. Thank you. Anybody else? Come on, y'all. Talk back to me. Hey, bro. Hello. Good morning. Good morning, morning. sir. Thank you for that that whole uh, segment on the church hurting, and Dion wrapped it all up for me. So I know um, now, or I've known, but just to really realize exactly to to not put so much on the church because we are the church, and so that we ain't caught up in our emotions and our feelings and walking around looking like we got it all together, but on the inside we a hot mess. But blessing people from wounded places. So this morning. It's been on fire. You, When I tell you, you talked your whole entire face off this morning. You see, I'm hoarse from Rock Friends with House Screaming. Such a good morning. God bless you, man of God. I love you. Get on my nerves, but you bless me. So amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else have anything to say? This has been an awesome conversation. Hey, this is Tanya. Um, I'm a little bit out of breath. Y'all know where I am. But I wanted to say something to you, um, primarily to Jerry. And excuse the noise. I'm going to step outside so I don't interrupt everybody else. So... Here's what I wanted to say. Jerry, because you're, if you're still on the call, and Angie, if you're still on the call, everybody did a great job on commentary, you know, and, and adding in. But this is what dropped in my spirit. Um, we are not super, superhuman, guys. Um, we, we, whether you're in leadership or whatever, and whoever you deal with it, um, it the, the hurt is a, stings a bit more. Um, when it comes from people that we go and worship with, 
right? And so I think that's part of what kind of throws us off because uh, we believe the same thing. We praise together, pray together, and that kind of thing. But at the core, we're still human beings. And just like they hurt you, you have hurt somebody, but trust me, you have. They may not have ever said anything to you at some point, because we're human, we've hurt somebody. Um, maybe not intentionally, but we have. I, something that I say this morning may hurt somebody's feelings. The fact that I'm speaking may have ticked somebody off. I, you know, I don't really care. But here, here's the point. There's absolutely a process, I believe, it, in, at least in my journey, there was a process to the forgiveness. It didn't happen overnight. And like, I think it was Angie who was saying that something came up recently and she started to check herself. That's great because Paul said, I believe it was Paul, examine yourself that you be in the faith. I'm paraphrasing it. I don't remember the scripture verbatim, but examine yourself. And I remember when I was on that journey of forgiveness for family church people, biological family people who were part of the church that I attended, right? I remember that the pain was so deep that it was, it was almost indescribable. But here's, here's the analogy that I got. I thought about an onion and I thought about a cabbage, but I think the onion is the most um, appropriate for this analogy. There are many, many layers to an onion. Um, the, the core of the onion, you, you can't even cook, you, I, I guess. I mean, as a cook, I don't cook it. I usually cut the core of it off and I, and I throw it away. I don't even put it down the dishwasher, I mean, the garbage disposal, because that thing is so bound. It's so dense. But I cut it off and I, listen, I cut the core off and I throw it away. I, I discard the core and I begin to deal with the layers. Do you get that? I begin to deal with the layers. Sometimes as I'm dealing with the layers, oftentimes as I'm dealing with the layers, they cause me to cry. <laughs> I, I don't have any choice. So I want to encourage Jerry, process, if you're still here, Angie, you do, you're doing the work. You just didn't know it. Process yeah. the hurt. Process where you are. Why did that offend me? Because that's an area where you need to. That's that's an area of healing. It may have. It probably don't really have anything to do with that person. I believe for me, it was a revelation that there's there's some stuff that's deep seated. Because I nurtured the offense. I nurtured it like it was a brand new baby. I talked about it. I slept about it. I cried over it. I soaked my pillow with it. I mean, it got deep down in my soul. The offense did. And every day, multiple times a day, think about this, I nurtured the offense. So, so obviously there's going to be a core. Today, I don't have an issue at all. I love them today. I don't have an issue at all. So I just want to encourage you, be in the moment. It's okay for you to feel the way that you feel. You just can't stay there because you're human. Process it and then begin to do the work. We are not superheroes. Even in our quest to be um, faithful to God, I think I'm starting to yell, sorry. Even on our, in our quest to be faithful, not to be good, but to be faithful, guys, we're going to blow it. Does that give us a permission to willfully blow it and blow it all the time? That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that to be, give yourself permission to hurt, but also don't stay there. I don't know how long you can give yourself permission. I don't know. Everybody's journey is different. You're not allowed to stay there. 
now that you have these tools, you have to do the work so that you can begin the forgiveness process. And I personally don't believe that it always happens overnight. I believe there is a process to it, but if your heart is right and it's tender, God will, the Holy Spirit will reveal to you through sessions like this, and even when you're alone, what you need to do. Thank you for allowing me to share. Yeah. Hi, Mama Tammy. Thank you, Rabanda. I'm, I'm still here. Um, you're absolutely right. You, you're, you hit it right on the nail. It's, it's something that I didn't know was there. So it wasn't something, you, you know what I mean? It was like a, like, wait a minute, you know, and I had to check myself, like, where in the world did this come from? Because I thought I had processed through it, but I thank God for allowing it to come up because he wants us cleansed. He wants us healed. He doesn't want that there. He wanted me to take the time to process it, to say, wait a minute, you know, this is a, either an area of growth, whatever it is he is having me to really see out of this situation. It's really, honestly, not so much about the person, but it's it's about me. It's how he wants me to stand before him, to, to be clear. It's a whole lot to it. Like you said, there's layers. And that's why when it came up, I'm like, wait a minute, where in the world that come from? Because this is like really, really, really old. And I'm like, okay, wait a minute. You know, I didn't, the process through it, you know, and he's walking me through it and I'm learning things about myself. I'm learning things about deep, taking me into a deeper process of understanding forgiveness. And it's really beautiful. It's, you know, I'm not sad or anything like that, but it's really, really beautiful. And yes, you know, I'm human. I am not perfect. And I try and be as transparent as I possibly can. That's why I spoke up. I'm like, look, Pastor, this is, you know, where I am. But yeah, you, that's so, that's so good. That's so good. It is. It's, it's those, it's those layers. And I thank God for it. I thank God that I'm in the process, giving God thanks and everything. So amen. Amen. Sister, Amen. Sister Tanya? Yes, I'm here, Jerry. Yes. Okay. I just want to say thank you. Um, uh, you know, and wow. Thank you to the other lady as well, because what is going on, uh, we uh, try to hide things and we try to, you know, you, you don't want to walk into something head on. It's like, you know, having a head on collision. Um, and this situation has been, you know, something that has been revisited like uh, so many times. And, you know, I've always, um, you know, I've been brought up in uh, meetings that I need to go to the person and keep, you know, forgiving them. And that's why I made the statement of, you know, when Jesus said, how many times do we forgive? And so, you know, when you uh, are, are faced and you have to go and, and physically, and this person you know that they deal with some mental illness. So that's that's the hurting part about it, is that I have to allow that person to heal in their in their mental uh space. And so because God has still been working on my on my own heart in the situation, it it, it, it is it is like uh you know we are human. We're not built uh, to, you know, like we're not, it's not like we're in a bumper car and we could just bump and bump until we bump out. I, I mean, it's just that there's times where, you know, um, emotionally it gets drained, you get drained from it. 
so um, that's that's just a, a place where I was at, and 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 like I said, I had a, a, an opportunity on on last evening. The very thing that um, you know the the pastor spoke on was definitely, and I do thank you for your input. It is helping me to be able to stand in the race because in heaven there is no boundaries, you know. And people say, oh, well, you know, you just need to, you know, put some boundaries. No, no. Because we can't put boundaries in there's no there's no boundaries in heaven, and so if we're not practicing, you know this this boundary thing, you know everyone says, well, you know maybe you should just like you know block. We we got you know features on our phone that we can block people when we don't want to talk to them no more, or we can you know deface them or whatever you want to call it. I don't know what all of the terms are, but in our lives there is real scenarios, and this was a scenario that has taken place most of my life and when it's family it, it's, it's even harder you know when it's someone that's close it, it is hard because you can't say you know I'll never talk to them it's, it's you, you can't it's it's, 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 it's it's very difficult but I know that God is, 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 is far more capable than myself I just have to keep working from the cross and keep allowing um, myself to get healed through the whole process of the other person uh, being healed as well. And, you know, eventually I, I, I plan, you know, like the authenticating that person's uh, sincere forgiveness because they'll, you know, do it. And then it's like the man that was cutting himself until they actually realize that they're cutting themselves. They never stop cutting until, you know, they realize it's, it's, it's causing a bodily hurt. So I, I have to, you know, pull myself back. And and Amen. so I just I thank you I appreciate that thank you very much yes I, I thank you Lawrence I I know you have something else to say um but I I just I want to say this part um just in response to what you just said Jerry um if they never get healed if they never change their mind if they never become sincere um. The obligation is still not theirs. It is yours um, or mine or ours simply because of what we are called to. Um, and, and I think a lot of times we spend a whole bunch of time waiting for somebody to change or waiting for somebody to get it that unfortunately may never get it. They may never change. They may never be apologetic from a sincere place, but it does not absolve us of the responsibility to make a decision that no matter what you do, no matter how you behave, I'm called to a higher and a, a, a greater level. And unfortunately, I, I know that um, not only firsthand, but after a while, um, it's almost like God will begin to release you from even noticing or observing that their behavior is still bad. <laughs> That's been my experience. And, and I, especially when it comes to people that are close to me, people that I love desperately, that I wish different for. But the truth is they are who they are. And if Jesus loves us without conditions or stipulations on good days and bad days, if we murder somebody, if we rape somebody, if we junkies, whatever we are, his love for us never, ever changes. And listen, cold part is 
He knows who he called us to be. Whether or not we recognize it through kingdom lenses is our responsibility. And so I think that the best um, deliverance is love lived out in such a way that if you never meet my expectation, if you never conform to what I selfishly think you should look like, I'm still going to love you the exact same way. However, there are absolutely needs in earth for boundaries, even though there are no boundaries in kingdom. If somebody stabs you repeatedly, you don't still stand there and let them stab you. Um, you might have to move around for a minute. And then we teach them how to treat us when we don't have the wall in place. Amen. Amen. You see, how, look, a whole demon looked me right in my face. <laughs> Amen. Amen. That's all. Thank you, Pastor Dion. That uh, makes absolutely um, all the difference in the world. Thank you. I mean, you know, and, and that's where we're at. And in ministry, you're going to, it's, 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 it's there. Again, we're human. And so we keep moving and working in the kingdom, seeing a person uh, as real as I can. And I, you know, I have to keep forgiving. That's, that's it. I just got to keep forgiving no matter what. So thank you anyway. I appreciate all of the comments that you gave me to this morning. And Pastor Van Hook, thank you for um, your obedience. And look, he's just standing by. Thank you, Pastor. <laughs> thank you so much. Let me just say this, um, because I don't want anybody to leave here by shortstopping your blessing. When you forgive, don't forget to love. When you forgive, when you release somebody, that's just not all it is to it. You have to love them. And when you're loving somebody, you are going out of your way. You are challenged to bless them with your love. Um, I think I have to be honest here and um they, they call this a funny i have to ask sister tanya forgive me um because uh i sinned against her she had the nerve enough to want to make everybody on the phone know that she getting her shine on she getting her good look on in the gym and she got on and she said oh i'm so tired that means she's been working out real hard and my my evil man said how dare her try to look good and I'm lazy, and I didn't get my butt up this morning and get in the gym. Um, that's how we, that's how people see us. We don't even know when people are offended by what we say and do. And sometimes we're just doing what's necessary. People are offended by that. <laughs> and, and, and so that's how easy it is for humanity to, 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 to the sin nature in humanity to take us on a wild goose chase. And so I have to ask her to forgive me because I didn't get to get up and get in the gym and work out a sweat. Uh, and then she had a nerve enough to say, oh, oh, I'm tired, but let me just say this while I work out and get my shine on, get my good looking on. And 
And then when I see her, then I get to get really angry because she's healthy, because she's taking care of herself. <laughs> I can't. You know what? I am convinced that you are certifiable. You need some medication. You need. <laughs> but I, I'm a, I'm gonna I'm gonna take one for the team. Okay. I'm gonna take. You know. I, I'm gonna let it roll off my back like How water rolling you. off a duck. Like water running running off a duck's back. Don't you love Jesus? Ain't he all right? But you know what that analogy that you just gave? When you when we allow the Holy Spirit to heal us from the inside out, that's exactly how we'll be able to respond to our offenders. They are not listen, you did the work. They did it. They're gonna probably still be the same. But the great, God's grace is sufficient, our ability to be able to look at, because I had to fortify, I'm sorry, I don't mean to take over your call. I'm not out of breath anymore. I'm, I've left the gym. Um, but
I'll say, if I say, ah, 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 that means stop talking to me. Or or redirect the statement because, you you know, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm going to stay safe. However, it's going to, it's going to cause some work. You know, it's cost some work. Yes. Yes. Um, before else? we go, Van Hood, I, yes, I got a series, of, and I know everyone is not on the call. I'm going to do a live a little bit later. I just didn't want to interrupt this important teaching um, with my stuff. So just before we wrap up, if anybody else got something about forgiveness, go ahead, and then I just want to say something before we go. Yes, let me jump in real quick. Uh, Pastor Van Hook, you know, I, let me say that uh, I am a, a repeat offender. And what I mean by that, you know, I, I have harmed. Wait, I got I got to stop you. Say was, W-A-S, not am, Wait, you are not currently. Yes, I was a repeat offender. And I, and I've had to repent and ask for forgiveness uh, for more than once on, on the same issue. But what God has did 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 for me was that once I uh, the process itself has a process, but once I have um, forgiven uh, the person that have harmed me, and that is. It, it, it continues to be a repeat offender. I look at it as if uh, I tell the devil, use a liar because I have given that to God. And, and, and I'm not going to pick it back up again, even though I go through the experience of the emotion and the hurt, the the, the pain from the past connecting with the present offense of the repeat. And I just have to remind myself that that's the enemy trying to uh, slither in because I have already forgiven that person. I gave that to God. You know, so the process of me healing um, from uh, the previous, the first offense and the, the the enemy is trying to uh, uh 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 you know i just have to cast him down right away you know so even though i still experience the emotion of the hurt and the pain i have to remind myself that it's a the trick of the enemy trying to uh get in and and and, and bring division and, and tear down that relationship that I have with that person. And, and I, I often pray to God that je, don't let Jeff be easily offended because if if I, you know, that make me a target. He, the enemy would try and prey on me if, if I'm uh, wimpy, you know, easily offended. So I, I, I keep my eyes open. Uh, and, and thank you for sharing uh, uh, of how the fact that uh, pastors sometimes experience church hurt when 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 leadership uh, uh, don't show up for their positions and 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 uh, we human, you know. So man, great declaration. I, and I, I I'm almost positive I'm gonna be there on Wednesday the 14th in August. Wow, wow. Thank you, brother Jeff. Anybody else? 
want to share. Uh, I want to let Sustian um, um, give um, <coughs> the closing remarks. And so I just want to say again, thank you all, Dr. Dion, the uh, rest of you all. Mr. Moni, you've been awesome. I just want to just say thank you to you all. And uh, hopefully something was said or done that will give us new knowledge. We can't operate in our feelings. We have to operate based upon the facts. And, and, and the fact is, it happened. And the fact is, you hurt me. And, and the fact is, it's not what happened to me, but it's how I respond to it that's going to make the difference. If I'm, if I'm equipped with the love of God through Christ Jesus, then I cannot be a victim, but I can be a victor. Uh, and this, this work called ministry is definitely not for the faint of heart. And we try to get into church and then hide. And that, but pain knows where you are. It knows your address. It knows how to come in. Catastrophic storms will find you even when you least expect it. And so thank you all so very, 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 very much. Dr. Dion, if you could take us away. Amen. Well, listen, I want to start by saying this morning, I declare victory. Hallelujah. I declare victory over every lie that the enemy attempted to tell me as I ride on 80. And I didn't got upgraded. I done went from a Benz to a Bentley, honey. Call me BB. That's just fine with me. And as I ride today, y'all don't hear, it's sounding like a tractor because my family, uh, my friends, my intercessor three partners um, did a great kingdom work, and I do not take it lightly. Yesterday, um, no words. I didn't. I, I, it's still taking me a moment um, for for the truth of God's word that has manifested in a material. Uh, automobile, and please don't mistake it. It's not about the automobile. I could have had three or four if I had done uh, some stuff that I'm familiar with in an effort to accomplish it. Trust me. Um, but I thank God for establishing us as we honor him with our lives and, and as we do what we so often say here in Victorville, and that's simply keep going. You win if you don't quit, and sometimes it requires uh, some steel-toe measures. Sometimes it requires some long-suffering, uh, but I have discovered that no matter what happens, God is the truth, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and nothing else matters, um, and that when you respect the process, uh, the word says, give, and it shall be given unto you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. And again, that scripture is often misinterpreted. But when you give the best of your service, even when you don't feel like it, listen, we didn't try to quit this line. I don't even know how many times we tried to figure out how to switch it up and hand it off and pass it on and all of that. But I'm so grateful um, today that um, a bunch of radical believers from all different types of faith-based uh, backgrounds, belief systems, systems that were put in place, 
Um, it is such an honor uh, to worship. Somebody, can you use your phone for me? Such an honor to worship um, on a daily basis with people who expect God to do something different. And um, I just wanted to say, this, this conversation today, um, and I'm going to say this very transparently, is the manifestation of what authentic forgiveness looks like. Authentic forgiveness looks just like this. It looks just like um, Ravonda doing something um, to honor me and to make life easier because you guys have no idea um, of what it feels like to be going through an absolute mandated process by kingdom courts and still have to uh, press and push when it is difficult, when it is uncomfortable, when I can't afford it, when uh, the, the uh, NSF fees are hitting the account. But say you pick up this phone and somebody's on the other end, ready, willing, having prepared and studied uh, to be a blessing to you. Um, I need you to know that's not just me. This is not my line. Um, this is established by the power of the Holy Spirit, zero question. I say it all the time, if I never showed up again, um, God has established this. Um, I also, I did not listen to the call yesterday when, when y'all started talking. Uh, anybody that knows me, I hung whole completely up um, because I would not have been able to finish uh, the goings on of my day, but I just wanted to say thank you. Um, thank you for walking this thing out with me. Um, thank you for believing in the gift of God on my life. Um, thank you guys that lead uh, for trusting um, the apostolic call and order on my life. Thank you for allowing God to manifest your gift through teaching and training. Thank you for believing even in uh, what God has now ordained as global order as we begin to go into the hedges and the highways after having learned things to equip others with the truth of God's word for victorious living. Um, and so the season has shifted. This month has uh, pulled, and, and don't take it lightly that it's in the middle of the year, that the first half of your year may have been hellacious, it may have been tumultuous, it may have been frustrating, it may have been full of fret and fear, yeah. but I declare right now by the authority given me that the second half, that none have seen the half. Eyes have not seen, neither have ears heard, nor has it entered into the hearts of man what God has prepared for each and every one of us, not just me. So I'm looking forward to some testimonies. I'm looking forward to some triumphs. I'm looking forward to some victories. Um, I'm looking forward for your faith level to be raised. Because um, y'all didn't just pull together and give me a car. Y'all pulled together and gave me a debt-free opportunity to change some things. And so I have a, a whole pink slip on the way. And so I, I don't I don't know how to say thank you. I'm I'm doing good not to cry, because um, I I'm driving and I need to keep this automobile in one piece. Bless his high name. But Ravonda, thank you. Um, I love you beyond measure. 
Um, I love you on that's good days all. and bad days. Uh, and, and that's all. I, I'm going to shut up because I'm going to start crying. I'm going to feel myself. Amen. You can go ahead and cry. I won't. Okay. I, I ain't doing it because I don't got time to wreck, sir. Leave me alone. Okay, Get don't wreck now. Don't, don't, don't wreck now. Listen, <laughs> jump with it. Save, save your cry till you park. Listen, but, but I, you, I'm surprised I got some tears left. Child, I couldn't even but, say hi yesterday without crying. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. I was like, this is ridiculous. But, but, but that's the kind of God we serve. In in the midst of, in spite of, Amen. God bless you. Amen. That's all. So if nobody has anything, anybody got anything before we go? I know it's a million a jillion clock, but y'all crazy enough to still be on this phone, Lord. Hey, this is Nikisha. Um, I just love you all. Um, yesterday. I had some really trying news come in the the mail, but I I told my daughter, I was like, you know what? We got through other things. We're going to get through this. After I had just gave my testimony, and I said, I can't get excited because I'm having surgery today. And I didn't understand. Normally, I will be at the hospital now, but they're having it in the evening. But then I was like, okay, wait a minute. I started thinking about the numbers. Okay, I have to be there at 3 o'clock. That's Father, Son, Holy Ghost. And it's at five. So, you know, I had to like really just, just, just think about some things, you know. And I, I read yeah. your um your post yesterday and I was like, Okay, um, this is great and I loved what what you named her. So I was like, That's awesome. Um, so when I do come to the bay, you're gonna have to spin me around too. You know it. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> okay. I was going to tell you to come down here, but I don't want to test it just yet. So when I come out there, you just send me around. And, okay. you know, uh, it was something that was very poignant that uh, Pastor Van Hook said today about how um, we go to the church thinking that that's the end all and be all, but that's the training ground. And that's how we get so offended because we're thinking that this is supposed to be it like this is the spot and, you know everything's going to be cool we're not going to have any more problems and no that's when the problems begin because the enemy gets upset because we're like uh we cool on him and we, we're living for god now and though we may have some mistakes um i think that's what tanya was saying tanya excuse me tanya not tanya um about how we're faithful and not perfect and i was like oh wow because we we mess up but then it's like when we repent we go back and we get back on track I was just so like wow just try not to get excited because you know I'm having surgery this afternoon but I'm like okay I have to say something so um I love you all to life I love you all to life thank you love you too Keish. amen well if there is nothing more um, I pray that you, you go and you grow in love. Um, I want to remind you that if he'll do it for me, he will absolutely also do it for you. Um, keep trusting God. Keep allowing him to make and to shape you and to build you. Um, I thank God that he tore down what I built and constructed uh, something monumental for such a time as this. You guys, don't forget to be the Jesus that somebody needs to see. You never know whose life you'll change 
with your reverence and honor for who God is to you in all things. Amen. And God, we bless you. We'll hear you right back here for the final share on streamers. Streamers, streamers with Sarah and um, Dwayne Elliott. Bye, guys. Have a good day. Bless and have bless a wonderful you. day. Everybody. Thank you. Bye-bye, y'all. Have an awesome Friday. Bye. The church is a hospital. Yes, it is. Amen.